0: It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to the Rico It's the first official Rico Bronia in which we have now accepted our fate that Jacob deGrom is not a Met. He will not grow old with us. He will now pitch for the Texas Rangers. I've had a few days to digest it, uh, do some reading, see what all the baseball insiders have had to say. And here's kind of what I've come up with, not I've come up with, but basically what I've put together through all of this. And that is DeGrom really didn't want to come back, and the Mets really didn't want Jake back at that price for those amount of years. Uh, Would they have taken him back on a big money two-year deal? Yes, they clearly offered that. Would they have even taken him back on a big money three-year deal? Yes, they offered that. Even if DeGrom really wanted to remain a Met, But, you know, it was going to take the most money in years, which I think we would all understand, and gave the Mets a day to match the Texas offer. They were never going to match the Texas offer. They weren't going to do it. So it's one of those things where maybe I'm telling myself this. Maybe I'm trying to accept it this way. But he didn't want us. And I don't think for the contract he got, we wanted him. And that sucks. Let's just be honest. That sucks. Uh, That doesn't make me feel much better. The fact that DeGrom preferred to be away, which we had heard rumblings about for weeks and months and months, and it doesn't make me feel better that the Mets tried to show financial restraint. Like I've said before, I think there are times where it's okay to be dumb, where it's okay to be irresponsible. And I always thought with a homegrown guy, with a guy who had a chance to retire as a Met, have his number retired and all that, this would have been the time to be stupid. I'd much rather be stupid with Jacob DeGrom than be stupid with Carlos Radon. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I always looked at it. Now, a lot of you guys and gals sent us emails, some of which told us to go F ourselves, some of which thanked us for the cathartic podcast after Jake left. So I wanted to give everybody the respect of reading a lot of these emails. We'll go through that. Joe DiMeo is going to join us in a little bit. That'll almost get our mind off of DeGrom. We go deep into the Met farm system. So if you're not that familiar with the farm system of our favorite baseball team, Joe's the best at it. He knows so much about it. We're going to go through the guys we saw last year, hear more about them because we didn't see that much of them, and go deep into the farm system. So consider it like a distraction from the DeGrom stuff and obviously all the fallout. And then we'll also react to the Hall of Fame announcement, which I thought was a joke, and then an official plan of what to do now that Jake's gone. Let's read some of these emails. First from Thomas Daughtry, Evan Pete. It's a sad day. It's a bad day. I'm with you guys. This hurts. The episode was cathartic, though. Thanks for putting it out there. Misery loves company. We appreciate that. I can't see how this team can be better next season or how this offseason will be a success, which I agree with. Maybe Trey Turner and Carlos Radon would ease this thing a bit. I definitely prefer Redon over Verlander. However, that seems like a real long shot. Just seems like last year was their shot, and now with no DeGrom, what feels like coming off your career years, I'm not feeling good at all. One thing you said, Evan, that I find hard to believe is that one day the Mets will be retiring Jake's number. I think like my hopes of the 2023 season, that went out the window today. Obviously referring to Friday. Um, The retired number thing, look, we're all going to have emotions right now. I believe there are a lot of Mets fans who agree with Thomas who would say, Evan, you're nuts. There's no way they'd retire his number. Time does heal all wounds. And I think what happens next, not only for the Mets, but what happens next for Jake is going to play a huge role in that. And I'll give you an example that's not a perfect example, but there is no perfect example because there's no comparison to Jake leaving. I think we all forget that Edgardo Alfonso played for any other team. Now, Alfonso's not a Hall of Famer. I understand that. But he was a beloved Met. He left as a free agent. He was offered more money. The Mets weren't that interested in bringing him back because I think they were concerned about his back issues, which they were right about. But because Alfonso didn't go on to bigger and better things, I think our brain just forgets that Fonzie was a giant. And that actually bounced around the league a little bit. It's it's sort of out of your mind. So if DeGrom is never the same guy, You know, and this contract turns out to be a failure for Texas, oddly, as this may seem. I think that only enhances his Met legacy and maybe how we feel about him, because then 10 years from now, when we look back at him leaving, there won't be that same bitterness. There'll be this attitude of, oh, we love Jake, but thank God he left because things would have went bad. I think if he goes to Texas and wins a World Series and wins a few more Cy Young's and we fail, I still think there could be a day where his number is retired, but it would make things a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? Is that a fair way to look at the retired number thing, Pete?
1: Uh, yeah, and especially because I'm assuming that when that – I'm assuming Cohen is going to have this team for quite some time. I do. So that being said, this might be a sore subject – a lot of people when he does retire in general and uh, if there's bad blood between Cohen and DeGrom or anybody in the Mets organization I think we may actually see this stretched out until maybe like the next owner like someone has to do
0: like some like lip service nah. in the on life it wasn't that bad though like the breakup wasn't bad like what's coming out now that DeGrom was distant that DeGrom wanted a ranch in Texas that DeGrom didn't want to befriend Steve Cohen like it's not great But it's also easy stuff to overcome 15 years from now when DeGrom doesn't have to live in New York City. He has to fly in one day and, you know, wave and get a standing ovation, you know? And I also think that this owner or whoever's owning the team 15 years from now, because we're talking about a long time from now. We're not talking about next year. We're not talking about his reaction if he pitches for Texas at City Field next year, which is a different discussion, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, A lot of things will change and a lot of things will be forgotten about. And I think little things like, ah, he really didn't want to be here. He didn't give the Mets a final offer. I sort of think that kind of stuff gets forgotten about. Uh, Anthony Bala emailed, DeGrom Bolting Hurts, I was willing to go to four years 180. That was the offer I threw out there weeks ago, so I agree with you. But I don't think he wanted to be here. I'm okay with resettling for the year. They'll make the playoffs. Everybody does now. (laughs) We'll say, let Nimmo walk if he wants more than 20 per. Well, guess what? Nimmo's gone then. Loads of cash coming off the books after this year. Don't need to panic. I don't think the the panic thing that I had the other night is more about DeGrom was our guy. You know, I I still stand by replacing him with Verlander and Radon from a baseball standpoint. I don't feel good about. I can give you baseball reasons why I would have preferred the gamble of Jake because I think both Carlos Radon, it's Radon, by the way, I did look it up. (laughs) Radon and Verlander. Both of them offer huge risks, similar to the risk that DeGrom had. I was just more willing to make that risk with Jake. So I think there are good answers this offseason. They're just not as good as the answer would have been of keeping Jake.
1: Could I just make the one caveat about the Rodon thing? Yeah. If you noticed his two best years, and this is why I'm very nervous about him. Last year, I was very much a trade deadline all about picking him up because it was a short window. He's fighting for a contract. The last, his best two years of his career, he's basically been off of a, a, you know, free agent contract. That's basically what it is. So I don't like to overcommit to guys who only play well when it's for money. I get nervous. So that's what scares me about Carlos Rodon. Totally
0: get it. Totally get it. Kevin L. writes, Evan, I hear you. Sucks about Jake. My only thought while listening was nobody knows DeGrom in terms of health better then the Mets cut them some slack. Uh, I mean, you're right. They know his health better than Texas, but I think we're trying to predict his health now. That's really what it comes down to. You know, Jacob deGrom was a very durable pitcher between 2014 and really 2020. And you know, he went out and for the most part made all of his starts 2016. He got hurt at the end of the season. I can't ignore that. But outside of that, he was an innings eater. Like if we compare the amount of starts he's made over the last, let's say three seasons, or four seasons, to Verlander and Radon, do the math. <laughs> you know, it's 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 going to come up a lot closer than you think. And I know that Verlander didn't pitch in 20 and didn't pitch in 21, but that's a factor. You know, we just can't eliminate that. We can't ignore that. There are health concerns around Jake, but there are also health concerns around every other big-time pitcher that's out there. Michael Finelli sent a nice email. It was very, very quick, to the point, and I appreciated it, and I could tell he's a Yankee fan. Because I don't think a Met fan would have written it this way. And I appreciate the Yankee fans showing compassion for me and all of us. I hope a World Series is in your future. You guys deserve it. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Wendy Lubinsky. Wendy, I feel you. Wendy, dear Evan, thank you guys for the podcast. It was honestly therapeutic. You and I have many of the same feelings about the situation and how the Mets screwed it up. I appreciate you verbalizing your emotions as a fan. I 100% agree. I can't listen to SNY trying to tell us the Mets did the right thing. Still in my sad phase, but I will always root for Jake. I think I'm going to root for Jake too, Wendy. And I know that's not a popular opinion to have. And Hoffman can call me out easily and say, Evan's saying that because he has Jacob DeGrom as a keeper in our fantasy league. Hey, he's up for, he's up for sale, by the way. Like, I'm open uh, to trading well, Jake.
1: <laughs> well, that's the first tell that you're over Jacob DeGrom is that he's up for sale.
0: I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not over it. Sometimes you never get over it. I'm more open. For, I listen to offers. I used to never listen to offers for DeGrom. Hoff will tell you because he tried to make a few. And... I would always say, no, 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 no. Now I'll listen. Doesn't mean I'll trade him. Look, we we mentioned this a few weeks ago in the disaster scenarios of DeGrom. I, I made the point Texas was the best place as a Met fan, and I stand by that. So if he was going to leave and Buster only wrote a very interesting piece, it was an ESPN insider article. So I'll try to paraphrase for those that don't spend the money. DeGrom wanted Atlanta. At least that was the perception, that DeGrom really did want Atlanta. Close to home, he grew up as a Bray fan, which I did not know, and I hate to say I respect, but I sort of do. We've been saying that a lot about Aaron Judge growing up as a Giant fan, that DeGrom wanted Atlanta, but they were priced out. And so knowing that, that's another reason to just be thrilled. And I know thrilled is the wrong word because I'm still devastated he's gone, but thrilled it's Texas. Because him going to Atlanta would have just been a game changer on a lot of levels. This podcast is very different if Jacob deGrom goes to Atlanta. So him being in Texas, as we laid out, and you can go into the archives if you want to hear more details on this for some reason, um, Texas was always the best place for him to go if he wasn't going to stay with the Mets. But I think, I think I'll root for him too. But I'll let you know once the season starts. Clayton Caldwell. He's going he's gonna to rip me a little bit, and I respect that, and I appreciate that. Good morning. I listened to the podcast on DeGrom, and while I agree he is impossible to replace, the one thing I will say is this. You say you can't blame DeGrom for taking the most money and the better deal. Yet Jake sat here for years and told everyone he wanted to be in New York and wanted to be a lifelong Met. To me, that's where he deserves some criticism. You can't say you want to be a lifelong Met and then take a deal without going back to the club for a final offer. Sure, anyone would take the best deal when presented to them. I would have done the same thing. But you look like a fraud when you say you want to play your entire career in one uniform and then totally not do everything in your power to make that happen. He brings up, by the way, that's a great point by Clayton, which I'll address in a second. Furthermore, some of the things you say about the Mets leaking information about him not wanting to be here is true, but actions also speak louder than words on Jake's part. I feel some of his quotes recently and his attitude has been different the last year or so. There's been a disconnect with the Mets and DeGrom for a while, and I believe it started when DeGrom threw a side session in Washington and then hoped the fence and dodged reporters. Uh, Something has been amiss since between those two sides. I think that's when things changed for Jake. I can't pinpoint what the issue is or was, but that's when things changed. Finally, I don't think the Mets are totally clean here either. You're accurate when you say they valued guys outside the organization more than guys on our team. I'll agree with that. My point is, Jake sat here for years and years saying he wanted to be a lifelong Met and take the deal that pays you the most money. That means you want to take the deal with the most money, and the lifelong Met thing wasn't that important. In the end, it sucks, but it's time to move on because there's nothing we could do about it. Hopefully, we're celebrating a World Series win in the near future. It's a great email by Clayton. I really do appreciate that. You spent a lot of time sending it, and you made a ton of really good points. I can't argue the stuff about what DeGrom said, because he did say a lot. It's really cool to spend your whole career with one team. Uh, I'm going to keep in constant contact with the Mets. That was said by him. The only thing I could think of, and I don't think DeGrom will ever address this, so we're always going to speculate, is that maybe he was turned off by the negotiation and saw how far off they were. That it's not like he was going to come back to the Mets and the Mets had been close. The Mets were not close. The Mets hadn't budged off a three-year deal. He was getting a five-year deal with a vesting option for a sixth. Now, can you still give the Mets the last shot? Absolutely. And I agree. If you really wanted to be here, you at least do that, even if it's way off. Then at least you could say, hey, I gave the Mets one last try. And the Mets said no. I told them the final offer, and they said no. So I think you're right about that, and that's why I opened this podcast by admitting it. It does feel like Jake wanted to leave, no doubt. It felt that way. Now, was a part of it, the negotiations? Maybe, because DeGrom, in a lot of ways, and it's a part of why he became my favorite player, has always been treated like the second guy. He wasn't the ace. Matt Harvey was. He isn't the ace. Syndergaard is. They can't wait to pay Max Scherzer and give him three years and all that money. And now, the most years they would offer Jake, their guy, who is a few years younger, was the same amount of years, but less money, that they gave Max Scherzer. So, disrespected? Maybe. Pete Cohen writes, first, awesome podcast, Jake, you hit every point. Thank you. SNY take was awful. Oh, my ta- SNY take was awful? All right. So, unfortunately, I do not trust this organization and Steve Cohen with all the money to get it right. It all blew up in the very beginning of his tenure when he chose or felt forced to go with the smartest man and the most condescending man in the room, Sandy Alderson. <laughs> Sandy is not going to spend because he's going to show you how smart he is. McCann, not Rio Mudo, no Springer. Then he gets a bunch of second-tier administrators and now Billy Epler. We signed Cannon Escobar, not Schwarber, not Castellanos. We let Aaron loopwalk, no Andrew Chafin. That's a lot of criticisms in two sentences. How do the Mets and Phillies look if the Mets had Rio Mudo and Schwarber? Stevie got it done with Max because he got directly involved. Sandy's trade for Lindor also a zero, which then forced Stevie to give him that ridiculous contract. I have no hope. <laughs> His first decision was a Theo or even a Dombrowski. We'd be in a better place. We will be worse in 2023. I think when the season begins, the Braves, Phillies, Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres, and maybe Giants will all be better. And I don't believe Verlander or Radon will be Mets. What hurts the most is that, with the Wilpons, this cheap mentality was expected. Though it was going to be so different with Steve, it's not. That's from Peter. So maybe he agreed with my SNY point. I'm not sure. Um, I, think that, I think that he did. Okay. That, that's very positive of everything you've said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he basically body bagged everything the Mets have done over the last few years. Uh, let's see what this offseason looks like before I'm determining what teams are better. You know what I'm saying? Let's go through that. Uh, finally, Bill Kava. We got a lot of emails, but now that I'm seeing how much time this is taking, I can't get through all of them. I will write back to everyone else. I apologize. Bill Kava writes: Anything to read into the Friday night news dump of the Grom's announcement? That's the spot where news goes to get buried. Jake and his agent are the only ones with motivation to do that, thinking he was going to come off as douchey. You know, it's an interesting point because I'm always uh intrigued by the Friday news dump, Jacob DeGrom. Never love the attention. That was always the difference between him and Harvey and him and Syndergaard. I was convinced he cut his hair because it brought him too much attention. And he said, ah, I'm not going to make my hair a story. I'm going to cut it short. So maybe the Friday news dump is not to avoid looking douchey, but the Friday news dump is he just doesn't want to be talked about. Let me put it out there on a Friday night and let it just go away. I, I wouldn't read that much into it other than the fact that the Rangers wanted to get the deal done before the winter meetings And they got it done. Look at the contract they gave him. They gave him a monster, monster contract. This whole thing is very, very, very disappointing. An offseason ago, we were so enthused by not only the possibilities, but the muscle of Steve Cohen. Adding Max Scherzer, a guy that we said at the time, I can't believe they signed Max Scherzer. I can't believe they were able to use the sheer pocketbook to convince Max to stay. What makes me sad, is that this owner didn't use the sheer power of the pocketbook to keep Jacob DeGrom, even if he didn't want to be here. And that's what sucks. Now, Joe DeMeo coming up. He hosts his own Mets podcast as well, which is very good, called The Mets Pod. He also works with SNY. He's the only one from SNY I didn't destroy over the last few days uh, when I did that pod lab a couple days ago. And I'm sure on the fan with Craig, I'll continue to destroy their coverage because I thought it was embarrassing. I'm sorry, the thoughts are going through my head of all the people I just want to crush. Gary Apple, what opinion he had. I just wanted to rip my head off. John Heyman, who doesn't work for SNY, but actually had the balls to write an article that said, Met fans should rejoice because they didn't give DeGrom that contract. Now, I like John. I think we're sort of friends. John, I say this with peace and love. You're an ass. That was the dumbest thing you've ever written. Seriously. it's a dumb, I, I don't care what else you've ever written in your career. There's nothing dumber than telling Met fans we should rejoice that Jacob DeGrom left because we didn't give him that contract. Anyhow, Joe DeMeo will take us through the Met farm system, and shortly after that, who should they target and why? I'll give you specific reasons why the Mets have to go a certain route when they look to replace Jacob DeGrom, plus reaction to the Hall of Fame stuff right after we talk to Joe DeMeo.